Welcome to the College Sports Insider presented by the NCAA and Champions Magazine. I'm Jack Ford. We are delighted to have with us today as our guest, Greg Christopher, the athletic director at Xavier, uh, also the chair of the Division I Committee on Infractions. And given some of the, the news coming out of Indianapolis, uh, specifically the, the recommendations by the Commission on College Basketball, um, it, there are some suggestions that there could be changes, maybe even seismic changes. I don't know if that's too strong a word for it, but uh, we thought it's always good to talk to Greg about anything, um, but we thought it would be good to talk with him about some of these recommendations. So, Greg, welcome to you. Good to see you. As good afternoon, always. Jack. Good to see you. Let me start off with with your initial reactions. Actually, before reactions, let me start off with your expectations. When you heard about this commission being put together, high-powered group of people, with a mandate that said there are clearly some serious problems with college basketball. And, and I should mention, and I've said this with everybody, and I say this to you especially because of the quality of your program that you have, the vast majority of college basketball is clean, done the right way by the right people for the right reasons. There's some that don't. And clearly it's the ones that don't that generate mm-hmm. the significant Agreed. interest. So when you heard that this commission was being put together, what kind of, sort of expectations did you have for it initially? Not sure I, I could put into words, at least quickly here, uh, specific expectations. But, uh, you know, if you play a word association type game, uh, uh, you know, I do remember thinking this is necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, something like this is necessary because I'm not sure we as an industry have been able to get at some of these issues. So, so it does take this moment in time or a crisis to, yeah. to kind of uh, you know, galvanize uh, our industry around things. And our governance structure, let's face it, can be slow a little bit. So, so can we have a Shazam moment? Uh, you know, so necessary would be one word. And then I don't think, um, even though you know, some people in the last few hours have said, well, they didn't go there or they didn't go here. Let's face it, what's going to come out of this is going to be positive. Hmm. You know, so that would be the other big word. Necessary. Uh, I thought this, this process was necessary, and I think what comes out of this will be positive. Will it get at everything? No. But it will be positive for college basketball and college athletics. Let me focus a little bit with you because of, of your role as the chair of the Division One Committee on Infractions. I spent a little bit of time on the Division One Committee on Infractions. Right. I found it to be fascinating at a, at a lot of levels. Yeah. Good um, word. Yeah. Yeah, it was revealing. Um, sometimes it, it was it, it was troubling in the sense of, of not the process but of some of the things that was going on out there, again, by a vast minority, minority of people here. But I, I felt it was really interesting and I – and I've said this before, I thought there were good people who were investing a lot of time and energy and resources and not getting paid to do something because they believed in the product, the product being intercollegiate athletics. And I, my guess is you would share that Absolutely. assessment yeah. of it all. That being said, were you surprised at, at some of the recommendations that, that essentially were, were saying the NCAA has to dramatically change their approach to investigation and adjudication of what they referred to as as serious or complex cases. Were you surprised? No, at that? no not at all. In fact, uh, we uh, 
we being me, uh, as the representative of COI, uh, were asked to, to come to one of the commission meetings uh, in the last few months and uh, first make a presentation uh, and then followed by a Q&A, uh, as they did with many groups. Uh, I think Dr. Rice talked about that. Uh, so I was in the room with the commission for about two hours. And if I had to, to say uh, there were three main points that, that we asked for uh, or, or COI asked for uh, in no particular order, uh, uh, I do believe and we as a, as a committee believe there does need to be a third rail. You know, right now there's two basic ways you can go about uh, a case, uh, an SDR, a summary disposition. Uh, uh, you can go through a normal hearing uh, process. Um, but uh, we believe there needs to be uh, a, a new path for these, com they call them complex cases. Mm -hmm. I call them the high tension cases mm -hmm. uh, because our system, I just don't know, in my experience, and I've only been on COI for about five years now, uh, says that there are some cases that where the tensions are so high uh, that our, our model's just not built, you know, for, for that. So, so not surprised that that was one thing we asked for. Second thing we asked for uh, is um, the penalties need to be stronger. At the end of the day, uh, the, the, the penalty structure we have today isn't adequate for uh, um, if you look at maybe the incentives on the other side to, to do wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the third thing we asked for, and it's also in the report, is uh, you need to be able to bring in, enforcement uh, needs to be able to bring in the, um, the fact patterns that have been proven outside uh, of the four walls of the NCAA in, in some, of these, uh, some of these cases. If things are established in, in, in the public, arena, we should be able to bring them into uh, into our system. So those, those three things that we ask for are all embedded uh, in the report, and we think that's a positive thing. Stronger penalties, a third rail, uh, and, and then the ability to bring in outside facts. Let me ask you, as, as we talk about going forward, what the, the approach might look like, just so that our, our listeners here know what it is right now. Just give me a, a sort of sure. a, a thumbnail sketch, if you will, of how how the process works. I, I'm not trying now. to be flip with this, Jack, right. but uh, the, the short answer is I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and, that, and let's face it, uh, I mean, the four of us in this room probably mm -hmm. could have sat down over the last four months mm -hmm. and come up with a commission report that right. honestly doesn't look terribly different than, <laughs> than what. So, right. so being able to say, here's what the problems are, that's mm -hmm. one thing. Uh, some real hard work has to happen, and it's been made very clear to us, some real hard work has to happen between this point in time and August, uh, which is when the board wants this to, to be done. So to say I don't know is real, but here's here's what at least I've read as I've skimmed, and, and here's what I think will probably happen. But you know, cases will get lobbed into uh, you know the uh, enforcement slash infractions process, and there's going to have to be some group. Uh, is it COI or is it some other group that that determines? Where do these go? Okay. You know, is it an SDR? Is right. it a normal hearing? Which rail is this uh, going to go or, off? Or, or is it going to go into this this new bucket? Mm -hmm. And and let's face it, with the penalties going up, and they are going to go up, um, with uh, you know with essentially subpoena power now, uh, there's going to be a lot of incentive to stay out of that third bucket. <laughs> but that's what we hope. 
Right, exactly. Yeah, that's part, I mean, part of the plan yeah. about any justice right. system yeah. is make people know here's what the what, what the violations are and here's what the consequences are. So maybe we mm-hmm. can have a, a notion of, of you saying I'm deterred. Yeah. Deterrence is always yeah. a part of a justice system. But you know, we've had this uh, concept that's been thrown around uh, and and almost laughed at in some cases. Of uh, our system is built on a cooperative principle. Principle. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember that mm-hmm. from your time on there. The reality is. Once you get uh, in, into the fray of, uh, of a case, there just hasn't been a whole lot of cooperation uh, in some, in some uh, instances. And, you know, that third bucket is now going to be set up for you want to fight the system? This is how you do it. This is how we're well, going to do it. I've said before, and I'll offer this and see if you agree, and from my experience, on it, I, I found that the vast majority of institutions, member institutions, are, say, are all for Rules, regulations, enhanced penalties, penalty structure that you can't really vary from unless there are some extraordinary circumstances, unless it's them. Right. <laughs> that's that's yeah. essentially the, are the, the subject. No doubt. That. The, the other thing that can't be, um, I, I think, uh, overemphasized, I think stronger penalties. If, if we as an industry are really willing to strengthen the penalty structure, uh, that could have an effect. I mean, if a coach knows... You cross a certain line and you are done. You are done in college athletics. Yeah. That's very real. Uh, and, and then the financial penalties need to be changed as well. I mean, if we're in an industry that has no problem, schools have no problem with dropping seven and eight figures to buy out a coach mm-hmm. who isn't winning enough games. Uh, and then we see it in, uh, in infractions hearings. They're spending seven, eight figures you know, with the drop of a hat mm-hmm. to to go through these hearings, um, some of the outside uh, COI members, and, and you know some of those people that are on that, have been surprised at how low the financial penalties are yeah. on institutions in, in our uh, I, current I truly remember the first time I was involved mm-hmm. and they said, this is the number, and I thought, that's a traffic ticket. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. really. If we were talking about deterrence, don't uh-huh. we want to ratchet that up a bit? Do you think the, the membership will be amenable to this notion of saying, look, this is – you can be talking about five years of a, of a ban, postseason play, and, and loss of all revenue in that period of time. It, it, it's a big hit. Uh, do you think that the, it's one thing to to be sort of behind this all mm-hmm. in the abstract? Yep. When all of a sudden now you're being told this is what we're talking about here, do you think it's you'll see the membership saying, "Okay, we're good with that"? Do you think we have a choice? Well, that's the interesting yeah. point, I guess. Yeah. You know, if 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 this commission was trumpeted in this fashion, mm-hmm. and they come out and they say, "Here's you know our recommendations." You know, can the industry, you know, the the uh, academic institutions, the NCAA, can they afford to publicly say, "No, we're not going to yeah. go along"? I, I've been saying, uh, I've said this for a few years. I, you, you, you wonder how much credibility our industry has in mm-hmm. in both the court of public opinion and and then just reality. Uh, we have gone through. Uh, you know, I'd love to read about history, and you go through these um, circular. Um, kind of approaches to self-governing. And, and uh, I don't know how well we have shown the ability to govern ourselves. So, so at the end of the day, we're either going to be able to govern ourselves effectively uh, and, and, and keep the profession moving forward, or one of two other things eventually probably happens. 
and, and they may happen anyway. One is the court system may eventually just take a cleaver to our model and, and blow it up. Uh, or the second is eventually you end up with so much noise in the system, you probably wind up uh, being dealt with from a government standpoint, right. and, and you wind up in Congress uh, in some in some manner. You mentioned about you know the the public perception can can we govern ourselves, and and I think what we've seen in some of the recommendations here is also a public perception of should we be policing ourselves, mm-hmm. not just can we? Of course we can. Should we be? And, and part of the recommendations, when you talk about this, this, this third avenue that you mentioned, the serious, the complex cases, is, is the creation of a, it sounds like a new structure to me. I mean, we're all sort of looking at this together saying, okay, what is this really going to mm-hmm. mean? But they're talking about independent agencies doing an investigation, uh, independent panels, and suggesting, you know, paid, uh, almost professional. Uh, one of the suggestions was either lawyers, arbitrators, retired judges, to be the ones who will then sit in judgment. What do you think of that notion? Well, again, that gets to that third bucket, and and again, uh, I fully support it and and uh, endorse it, uh, and and we ask for it. Uh, I don't view it as a different structure. I, I still think you're going to have the same overriding umbrella uh, where where cases at some point you have to have a funnel. Right. I don't know that the funnel changes. I think once you're inside the funnel, you're going to go down one of three paths Mm -hmm. instead of one of two paths right now. The third panel or the third um, path, the third bucket, whatever phrase we want to be using for now, yes, that structure will be new. And and at the end of the day, you're going to have to have a a group of people from the outside. It sounds, frankly, more like an arbitration panel. Yeah, that's what it sounded like to me. And there was even a suggestion about the American Arbitration Association Mm -hmm. rules would be utilized. Uh, Because there was always some question about, well, are we using standard evidence rules in these hearings Mm -hmm. or, or what? So maybe in that sense, if indeed they're able to, to say this is what we'll, we'll be governed by here, I guess it would be helpful for everybody. Absolutely. And, and it's going to have to get to that level because let's face it, the legal stakes are going to be incredibly high. They already are incredibly, incredibly high because that's part of why we've gotten to this point. When you're talking about uh, uh, tens and 20 millions of dollars at stake with coaches' contracts and uh, professional contracts and, and the, the tens of millions of dollars that are at stake for institutions, that's part of why we've seen you know, the tensions get so high in the system now. So there, a lot of I's are going to have to be dotted and T's are going to have to be crossed as this uh, you know, third bucket is built out. You, you touched on, and I was going to ask you about that, The uh, again, going back to Dr. Rice's comments about the path from recommendation to implementation and the suggestion by the commission that these rules and regulations be put into effect by August. The, the NCA by, by design, uh, it's a shared governance organization. You know, people don't understand the NCA itself is essentially an umbrella organization. Mm-hmm. You know that. I know that. The public doesn't know that. They think the NCA is just, you know, somebody can wake up in the morning and say, okay, as of tomorrow, we have new rules. So it is a deliberative process, and as a consequence, it's not a swift process. But the demands being made are requiring it to be pretty darn swift. 
Do you think is it capable? Is the the governing mechanism is is it capable of of implementing such significant changes so quickly? It's capable. Uh, I'm I'm now going to talk out of the other side of my mouth. Uh, in and you know, is it going to be the best course of action? Mm. And I think when we get and to that August, was my second question for you. Yeah, uh, we're we're dealing with some really complicated uh, and important stuff here. Does it have to be done in three months? And, and I, look, I, I don't like the, the fact that the work, the transfer working group, has taken nearly two two years to, you know, get to where it is. Okay. Uh, I, I think there's things that can be done efficiently, but um, I, you want to dedicate the right amount of time to get to the correct position. Is that three months? Is that five months? Is that a year? I, I don't know. Um, I, I agree that sometimes, you know, even we were talking earlier, sometimes things can be a little slow. Uh, I, but I just worry that uh, we move too fast on, on a couple of these things. So as long as they're well thought out, um, I think August is a great goal. Uh, but you may get to August and there may be, you know, because if I recall, there's five or six broad areas that, mm-hmm. that are being explored with the uh, 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 with this framework from now until August, and you may get to August and go, you know what, we need a little more time on this, or we need a little more time on that one, and I think that's fair. Last issue I want to ask you about is the area of academic fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, especially after um, what happened with the University of North Carolina, people didn't understand that. And I, I know in, in, in my role, I found myself on a couple of radio talk shows and, and trying to explain to people why that was. Because they'd say, well, wait a minute. We, clearly, there was something happening there that was wrong mm-hmm. over a protracted period of time involving some two or 3,000 students, about half of which were, were athletes, but the other half was not. And people got to understand how the NCAA could not jump into that. And, and as you know, essentially the membership has said, here's what you're looking at. Here's what you have jurisdiction over. Here's what you don't. Mm-hmm. And as, as I understand it, the membership had said, look, look, we don't want you to police our curriculum. We'll police our curriculum. Right. It, it sounds to me as if that, that North Carolina was a precipitating factor in this. But I guess my question to you is, is what do you think about the notion now of, of expanding the portfolio, if you would, of the NCA and saying, well, now you are going to be, it, according to this, at least to some extent, the curriculum cops? You know, I, I, I don't know that that's what I interpreted out of the, mm-hmm. the report, other than to say you can't use the defense of all students just for student athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say on the academic subject, uh, not to get into the specifics of any single case, but even in the relatively brief time that I've been on COI, there have been a handful of what I would call inconsistent data points around academic either misconduct or fraud. So we uh, we at COI in the last just in the last month or so have authored. Uh, um, a memo and pushed it into the NCAA system to the board directly, uh, asking for the board to uh, clarify, make crystal clear, and put a stake in the ground around academic misconduct. Because there have been a few things in the last about five years that, uh, again, have just essentially unraveled 
the subject of academic misconduct and, and academic fraud. And uh, it, it's an area that the NCAA from the very highest level, meaning the board, needs to put a stake in the ground of this is what academic misconduct and academic fraud are uh, so that there are um, what I would call very tight guardrails because right now uh, the guardrails aren't tight enough and it's left to interpretation. And, and you see it play out in real time in some very public, high-profile cases. And, and it's not just the one you mentioned. There have been a couple of others. Uh, and, and it's just time for all of us to get on the same page. Well, it, as I've said to a number of people, it, it was an interesting day in terms of the, uh, the rollout of the Commission on College Basketball, their recommendations. A lot of interesting conversations about where we go from here and how quickly we get there. But, Greg, as always, I appreciate talking with you and getting your perspective on appreciate all of this. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jack. Our thanks once again to Greg Christopher, the athletic director at Xavier. And that does it for this edition of the College Sports Insider, presented by the NCAA and Champions Magazine. I'm Jack Ford. Thanks for joining us, and we will look forward to talking with you again real soon. 